Now I'm not going to say what she means. The figure should have made its own impact. But I want to elaborate just a little on some aspects of the symbolism to suggest a few associations. First of all, the Dakini is red in colour. Red is the colour in Tantric Buddhism of love, the colour of passion. We'll be going into this the week after next when we consider the symbolism of colours and mantric sound. Red is the colour not only of love, not only of passion, it's the colour of what we may describe as emotional arousal. And in the case of the Dakini, in the case of the Sarva Buddha Dakini, in fact, in the case of all the celestial maidens in one way or another, the arousal, the emotional arousal, is total. So blood suffuses, as it were, not only the face, but the whole body. The whole body is the colour of blood. The whole body blushes, as it were, crimson. The whole body is red. So the Dakini represents the state of total emotional involvement. Total emotional involvement in the spiritual life. And this is why also the hair of the Dakini is dishevelled. She doesn't care anymore. She lets it fly to the winds as it were. Doesn't care anything about decorum. Doesn't care about keeping it tidy. Doesn't care what people may think. Doesn't care what people may say. She just abandons herself. She's abandoned. And sometimes it's said that the Dakini throws herself into the spiritual life or what is represented by the Dakini throws herself or itself into the spiritual life just as a passionate woman flings herself into the arms of her lover. Usually, of course, we know people find it very difficult to give themselves in this sort of way, not only to the spiritual life, but in fact to anything. Find it really difficult to plunge right in, commit themselves, be totally involved, all their emotions into it. And as a result, they don't achieve very much in any direction. And they certainly don't develop, don't evolve. And in many cases, of course, people can't give themselves in this way because they are just emotionally blocked. So they, they have to learn to loosen up, to free up, they have to get their emotions flowing much more freely and flowing ultimately all in the direction of enlightenment. So this is what the red colour of the Dakini suggests. Suggests, we may say, that one should not be afraid in the spiritual life to feel. And then again, the Dakini is naked. She's concerned only with direct experience. She's concerned only with reality, with truth. She has nothing to hide. She's completely open, completely honest. We may say that nakedness in general figures rather prominently in tantric symbolism. Yogis, Dakars, Dakinis are often depicted in tantric art naked. Even, and this is very scandalous from the point of view of, say, Theravada Buddhism, or even Zen, 
even Buddhas, are shown naked. And this is in keeping, we may say, with the whole overall emphasis on the Tantra, which is on something direct, unveiled, open, radical. The nakedness which is here represented is, of course, spiritual nakedness, nakedness of being, but we can say that even literal nakedness is not without its significance, not without its value. And I'm reminded at this point about a famous story concerning the beat poet Allen Ginsberg. I thought at first that it was just a story, you know, the sort of story that is made up about people. So when I met Allen Ginsberg on one occasion, I asked him whether it was a true story or not. And he said, it's a true story, and proceeded to recount it to me. Hmm? What happened was this. Allen Ginsberg <coughs> apparently had been reading some of his poems at a big public meeting in California, and after reading, he was talking. He was talking about this and that, and he was answering questions. And as he was speaking, every now and then he'd use the expression, the naked truth, or the naked reality. And he used this expression, the naked truth, you know, the naked reality, quite a number of times. So in the end, the, the inevitable intellectual asked him, Mr. Ginsberg, what do you mean by the naked truth? What do you mean by the naked reality? Hmm? So Ginsberg just looked at him, didn't know what to say, didn't know what to say at all. So standing up there on the platform, he simply stripped off all his clothes. And he said, that's what I mean by the naked truth. So this, we may say, is using nakedness as a sort of shock therapy, hmm? jolting the questioner's mind from the abstract to the concrete, bringing him back to reality, in fact. Now the Dakini is not only naked, she's wearing an enormous garland of human skulls. Her head is, as it were, thrust up through this garland. And each skull in the garland represents a dead body. After all, no skull without body. Each body, which was once alive, represents a life. So the garland, the garland of skulls, therefore represents the whole cycle of one's previous lives, one's previous births. And the Dakini, the Sarva Buddha Dakini, is, as it were, breaking through or bursting through this cycle. There is, we may say, a powerful, <coughs> almost a volcanic upsurge of energy. And this energy bursts through all previous psychological conditionings bursts through the vicious circle of self-created and self-induced problems and leaves them all hanging there like a garland of skulls dead. And the Dakini not only wears a garland of skulls, she also wears various rather delicately carved ornaments of human bone.
And we may say that bone, or bones, figure rather a great deal in the Tantra. The Tantra, we may say, is rather fond of objects made of human bone. You have a trumpet made from a human thigh bone. This is blown on certain occasions, the kangling. You have the skull cap, the, sorry, the skull cup. Then there's the rosary made of little discs of human bone and sometimes drums are covered with human skin. And the reason for all this, for this use of bone, is obvious. Bones suggest death. And this is why most people are rather unhappy about handling bones, especially human bones. You just pass someone a human bone, huh? they may not be all that happy about taking hold of it. Huh? So the Tantra wants one to familiarize oneself with death. The Tantra wants one to overcome one's fear of death. So it encourages one to familiarize oneself with bones, especially human bones. Encourages one to handle human bones, to use objects made of bone, especially in tantric ritual, to wear ornaments of bone, hmm? to drink from a skull cup. And this is, of course, what we see the Dakini doing, see the Sarva Buddha Dakini doing. She's drinking from a skull cup. And what does she drink? She drinks blood. She pours it into her open mouth. And what is this blood? Blood, we're told, represents great bliss. The blood represents the supreme spiritual ecstasy, the ecstasy of enlightenment. And in this way, the skull cup filled with blood, in a way, epitomizes the whole symbolism of the cremation ground and the celestial maidens. The skull cups epitomizes all the associations of the cremation ground itself. And the blood epitomizes all the associations of the Darkini. The skull cup represents death, represents the void, which is a sort of spiritual death to the ego represents reality and the blood represents the great bliss which arises in the heart of the tantric when he faces death when he plunges into the void meets spiritual death experiences reality 